Hey everyone, we are back for a more chill rehearsal this week as we transition from the summer to the fall season. We will find out what made Steven say, There are billions of dollars to be made here, guys. <laughs> and why Christine said, The key thing is that we're helping fans in two ways. You know, we're selling their stuff for them, but we're helping bands get items as well. The, the really huge thing, I think, we are promoting environmental sustainability. All this and more. So get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. We are currently in transition from the hot summer months, DCI, and of course, band camp, to the cooler but still thrilling months ahead of us in the fall marching band season. So today we're going to take a look at some topics that sort of transcend seasonality. <laughs> Let's see who's Whoa. on the sideline this week. Hey, Steven. Hello, Jackie. Those are big words. <laughs> yeah, I got. I have two master's degrees. I got to put them to use. You're showing them on this episode <laughs> today. I, I love it. <laughs> hey, Christine. Hey, how's it going? It is going great. I don't think we've ever been on the podcast live at the same time together. We have not. I mean, and of course, like usually I'm like way back in the sidelines, almost like say maybe on the on the back, um, you know, the back hash somewhere because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the back sideline because, um, you know, usually I'm in the background just doing some producing things and stuff like that. But it's fun to be on with you today. So, you know, this will be cool. I always love getting to talk to you so this is gonna be so much fun uh speaking of getting to be on podcasts though steven was recently over on tim hinton's podcast which honestly one of my fave guests i all of my <laughs> guests are my favorite but i also really love tim uh how was that that was a lot of fun yeah i love tim he's su uh, such a super positive guy um but it was cool. We had two other panelists on there. We uh, talked through DCI finals, much like we did on the show. Um, but it, it's nice. It's up there. It's out there on Tim's podcast, The Marching Arts Roundtable. It should be up there by the time this episode goes out. Uh, so I advise everyone to go check it out. It's a, a fun wrap-up of the season. Um, and Steven, you had some other people on with you too, right? Like who were, who were some of those other people that were on with you, with Tim? Yes. So let me check back in the email thread just to make <laughs> a bully store. Because we did a lot like for uh, how on a water break recorded as quick as we could. Um, that was basically what happened for Tim's show as well. Um, they just have a little bit of turnaround time. So I recorded with Courtney Coffey. And yes. uh, oh, yeah, you guys know uh, Courtney. I do. We should have her on the show sometimes. Uh, she was really cool to meet and chat with. I bet she would be a good guest. For sure. And then, I love uh, her. Do you know Ryan Bear uh, from he's a Erie, Pennsylvania band director? Um, 
I, the I think name he's is been so involved familiar. With some of the judging up in that area of the country. Um, but he was cool too. Um, it was a night. We kept it like a kind of small panel. There's video. So if anybody wanted to put a face to the name, you can go check that out. Um, I went like way over the top and tried to have like a really nice background and like lighting and stuff. <laughs> I was so extra about it. <laughs> um, Did people ask you what which game you're playing? What, what game are you playing? <laughs> I actually, so I, I had in my background, I had my monitor and I put up the On a Water Break website. Yes! Oh, to... there you go. Very clever. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it's, uh, if, if it's clear. I also had a nice little water bottle in frame. Um, tried to make my allegiances clear, but yeah, it's cool. Everyone should go check it out. It was a fun episode. Uh... So, Christine, yeah. I know this isn't your first time on here, but right. the first time you were on here, we didn't quite have this tradition established yet. No, so... yeah, because it was like way in the, mm. the very early days we were trying to figure out a lot of stuff. And, you know, things have evolved since then, which is cool. You know, these like little traditions and, and things to look forward to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling I think I know what you're setting me up for here. Are <laughs> you ready to do I'm your thirty? Ready, and I think story. I wrote some notes down so that I don't miss something. So I guess that's cheating. I don't know because some of the other uh, some of the other guests, you know, so far, like you guys have put them on the spot. I'll it's literally kind of put them on the spot. Sometimes we're like, we don't even explain it ahead of time, and they're just like, yeah. wait, I have to do what? Yeah. I used to be so like, the would, like <laughs> I used to send them like an email laying it all out what they can expect. Nah. Nah. Wing it. It's more fun, you know. All right. Well, Christine, this is your moment. Are you ready? I I'm ready. Let's check it You'll out. Get eight and in from the Met. <laughs> Hi everybody. My name is Christine Ream. Um, I started out marching band quite a long time ago at a little high school uh, called Sealance Grove High School in in uh, Central Pennsylvania, and we were really like a show band. We would go play at NFL games and Canadian football games and all kinds of stuff, and we were just playing loud. Um, but then I ended up at Penn State um, in the blue band for three years, playing mellophone, some of the best years of my life. And um, coming out of Penn State, I got the opportunity to teach a lot of high school marching bands. Oh my gosh, it's clicking already. Listen to it. <laughs> I ran out of That's time. Okay. You can finish. See, this is what we were talking about. You can't cut people yeah. off like the Oscars. You just can't do it. So <laughs> and I try to be really fast too. So, um, you know, I've taught a whole bunch of marching bands over a long, long period of time, like over 20 years. Um, I've done some judging too. I'm at the cavalcade circuit right now. And okay. I played mellophone in the West Shoreman alumni for nine years. So it's the mm. core that my husband was in. And the core is largely inactive now, but it was a cool way to uh, get involved with that group of people. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. I kind of do something else that's kind of related to this podcast, but we might talk about that a little bit later too. So, well, it's, I know I think we should talk about it right now. I, I think this is the perfect right timing. Now. Oh, okay. Because we're we're actually coworkers for anybody who didn't know. That's very true. Yeah, coworkers <laughs> who have never met each other in person. I know, isn't that wild? Like, and I yes. feel like that's that's kind of a product of the age that we're living it is. in. It is. But 
yeah but still like it's it's just great i i love being your coworker. just FYI. i love being your coworker. yeah but <laughs> i know but it is really crazy we have never met each other in person so are you guys up in a lot of zooms or what how does it work out <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of different things. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's video chats and like, mostly right now it's like just text group chats. It's texting and email and Lots of emails. Oh my gosh. Let's take a step back then and fill the audience in a little bit. What is it that you guys do, uh, at your work? (laughs) I don't think we've said that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there's, there's this, you know, this company out there called Guard Closet. And it happens to kind of be connected to this podcast in some ways. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, I mean, that's cool. But, I mean, really. around the 20-minute mark, you will hear Christine's (laughs) voice. (laughs) But really, um, I think, I don't know. What's kind of crazy is that I'm I'm kind of the old lady around Guard Closet because I've I've been there for longer than anybody else that's on our, our team right now. Even, you know, the person that happens to own it. So. (laughs) (laughs) but anyways um uh about 20 years ago um carlisle it was longer than that yeah well about 23 years ago actually i should say about 23 years ago (laughs) carlisle high school in carlisle pennsylvania was being renovated and um you know the the maintenance people and the district came to the band and they said look you've got to clean out this entire band area because we're going to renovate it and there was about 10 to 15 years of color guard stuff jammed mm. in a practice room. And you couldn't even Which use Which I feel them. like it's relatable for oh, so yeah. many programs yeah. that have been going for a long time. It is. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't even use the practice room, you know, because it was jammed to the door. So um, one of my closest friends, uh, his name is Brian Prado. He was the visual guy at Carlisle at that time. And um, they started cleaning out the practice room. And he said, I wonder if we could sell this stuff. So a whole bunch of that stuff ended up in his garage, just like any good business. It's like Steve Jobs, you know, started in a garage. (laughs) Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a whole bunch of that stuff ended up in his garage. And he consulted with um, somebody who was a furniture consignment business owner about how to do consignment, like how to set up that business. So... Um, after it was in his garage for a while, then it was in a business that um, where he worked, um, which was also marching arts related, believe it or not. <laughs> the guy that it was a print shop and the guy that owned the print shop uh, ran at that time. Get ready for this, Stephen NJA. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So um, so the judging the judging circuit, you know, in in this area and in, in the East Coast. So. Um, you know, then that print shop went out of business and we stayed there for a while and it moved to a couple different places. And now the main part of it is a a warehouse back in Carlisle that we share space with, get ready for this, another marching arts person who owns a fundraising business. See how we're all connected? (laughs) Um, Small world. But what's really cool is, you know, it started out with just one school and, you know, it, it branched out to a handful of other schools in the area. And now it's nearly, I mean, we have consigners. Yeah. Yeah. We have have consigners from nearly every one of the 50 states. 
Wow. Um, we have customers in nearly every one of the 50 states and international customers. Um, you know, we've, we've wow. processed over, I forget what it is. I counted it. It's, it's several thousand sets of consignment since that time. Um, everything has a, an item number so we can track that. But, um, you know, we, we're really expanding too. I mean, you know, we've added in, um, brand new closeout, uh, items from, uh, you know, major manufacturers where, you know, we have a partnership with, uh, with show day designs. We have a partnership with creative costuming. Um, we're representing oh, so many companies. Like there's so many companies that, yeah. It's, yeah. It's I mean, great. those, a lot of those the things come from huge. schools, but what I'm saying with, with show day and with creative costuming is it's coming directly from those companies. So mm -hmm. it's coming, that's their overstock. It's, you know, their closeouts and stuff like that. Gotcha. So we've got that too, which is really cool. And, you know, in the last couple of years too, I'm really proud that we have started partnerships with several drum and bugle corps. So, yes. you know, we started out with Jersey Surf way back when, because Brian, our owner at that time, was the operations manager for Jersey Surf. So we tied that together. But, you know, then we branched out to the cadets. We brought them on board. Then we brought mm. Reading Buccaneers on board. We uh, got Spartans on board and we have the Crossman on board too. Nice. So yeah, really it's, it's really cool. And, you know, it, it just keeps growing. Um, you know, we have a lot of great partnerships built up with some really great bands all across the country and we're helping. And the, the key thing is that we're helping bands in two ways, you know, we're selling their stuff for them but we're helping bands get items as well. And mm -hmm. the, the really huge thing I think is the fact that we are promoting environmental sustainability because, you know, a lot of this stuff I've, I, you know, we've got a whole warehouse full of stuff in Carlisle that could be in the trash and is yep. not in the trash. You know, it is going to another school. It's being recycled. It's being reused. That's hugely important. So, um, you know, that's, and it's so little work for like the school. It's so little work for the school that's selling and oh, so yeah. little work for the school that's buying. Like if I want to <laughs> go out and buy a set, it's like, boom, I just go and buy it. Like I'm ordering stuff online. Yeah, and like, like we were button. talking about, um, you're talking about like the partnerships with different companies. Not only are we getting their closeouts and stuff, but like, like they're, they're new stuff too now. So like yeah. you could order yeah. your guard shoes or you could order whatever. Mm. And the, the cool thing, I actually just learned that like, this was a thing back in, I don't know, 2019, maybe yeah. um, at the Macy's parade, somebody was explaining this to me. They were like, oh yeah, you could be an online store and sell. And then like schools that have regulations on how many companies you're allowed to buy from, mm. it doesn't matter because if, if you just go buy stuff from guard closet, then you can buy stuff from any of the companies that guard closet. And you're according to the school, you're only buying things from guard closets. So you're only buying from one company. Yeah. Even though you might have stuff coming from style plus you might have stuff coming from DSI. You might have stuff coming from creative costuming and like dealing with one company. Oh my gosh. That makes yep. things so much easier <laughs> on the, on the directors who are having to buy all this stuff. Yeah. That's a fantastic loophole. You know, everybody wins, you know, and, and why not, you know, why not? And yeah, you're absolutely right, Jackie. You can get a mix of new, new gear, consignment gear, 
and you know it, it all works out and you could you could basically get your entire package in a lot of ways if you wanted to so That's you know so cool. i know i love i i use it for the bands that i order for now and it's just like it makes life so much easier yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of, I've got folks sometimes like getting on our, our Facebook, you know, messenger or, you know, sending me an email and stuff. Can I buy this? Yeah, you can buy it. Just hit the button. Yeah, <laughs> you know? just get on, you know, get on the website and buy it. <laughs> right. You don't have to do anything else. It's, it's just like I Amazon. Think, hit the button. Right. <laughs> I think that's the, the, some of the confusion, though, is that a lot of, uh, of equipment sites are not like that. They're right. like, oh, we have this stuff, but if you want it from us or if you want to use a PO or if you want to blah, 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 like if you want to do all these special circumstances, you have to email us. And it's like, that's yeah. not how Guard Closet works, though. Guard no. Closet, you just go to the website and you buy the stuff. Yep. Yep. And really, uh, yeah, we have it set up, too, that if you need to use a PO, you just all you have to do is hit cash on delivery and we're going to send you an invoice, like, you know, in a matter of hours. And yep. you're set, you know, it's, it's done. So, you know, it, we make it really easy to work with everybody, um, you know, no matter what their financial situation is, how their budget's set up, how they're allowed to purchase things and, you know, just trying to help everybody as much as we can. We, our little slogan has kind of emerged in to guard closet is here to help. Well, yeah, we are here to help. So <laughs> it's true. I love getting emails from people, and then like I respond because I, I do a lot of the customer service stuff. Right, of course, you do. And yeah. like I, I get those emails, and they're like, they email me back, and they're like, "Wait, it says Jackie Brown. Is this like the same Jackie Brown that's from Spintronics?" And I'm like, "Yes, we're all connected. It's a small world." Yeah, it's like this, this is the Jackie Brown. You just got a, an email from a celebrity in the marching band. Yeah, I mean, so. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I usually have to clarify, like, yes, it's me. I also work for Guard Closet. This is right? just, it's a, a small world that is out here. And then they can print it out and they can frame it on, put it on their wall and they can get excited, you know? <laughs> Start signing printed out emails when I right? go places. Right, <laughs> But I mean, you know, that's the thing that's, that's really cool too about Guard Closet in, in recent years is that, you know, you know, Brian decided to sell it to Jeremy and he was, cause he was done, you know, with it. That's cool. And, and Brian and I are still really close friends. In fact, I have to call him this afternoon because we have to catch up because we haven't had a catch up in a while, but, um, you know, uh, but the thing is cool is that Jeremy has like taken things to the next level and we're a lot more involved on social media than we were before. And, you know, we brought new people on board. I mean, you know, Jackie, you've been really great addition to the team. Chris Green has been a really heart great hands. addition. To, yay, hard hands. Has been a really, <laughs> you know, great addition to the team as well. Um, you know, we have a Carlos on board, you know, all kinds of other people that, you know, has just made the whole, uh, you know, what we do even stronger. And, and we're able to offer more than we ever were before, which is right. you know, a really good so thing. Is it all just color guard stuff? So or no, do you it's guys... not just color guard stuff. That's the thing that's really Ooh. cool is that, see, like years ago, honestly, it was consignment and shoes. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's like all Brian and I did. Okay. And really, <laughs> and I have to add to that, the whole guard closet team years ago was really just me and Brian. We were the only ones. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now we've got all these other people, which means we can do other stuff. So, yes, Stephen, you're absolutely right. It's more than just color guard stuff. One of the things that I'm really glad that we've been able to do over the last couple of years with consignment especially is bring in a bigger inventory of um, marching band, like, performance tops. 
mm-hmm. drumline uniforms, stuff like that. Because now that you know, so many uh, bands are progressing towards getting away from a traditional band uniform. You know, now we need that resource because look at you know, think about if you're a band that has a small budget. Are you going to be able to get new performance tops every year that are brand new? That might be tough. So, you know, look at the consignment thing or, you know, are you maybe concerned like your community isn't quite ready to ditch the the traditional jackets yet? You know, how's the community going to feel? Well, then, you know, test the waters, buy consignment, see how it works. You know, don't invest a huge amount of money in performance tops. Maybe if you still need to wear the jackets, this the regular jackets for other performances, you know, you can save yourself some money. It was very interesting. Did you notice, you know, even some of our DCI cores have not totally ditched the traditional uniform. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. I love the mix that has right? been going on. But wasn't it cool? And specifically we'll talk about one of our consigners, the cadets. Wasn't yeah. it cool to see them come out to retreat? you know, in the traditional uniform. I think everybody really liked seeing that. I mean, I think everybody can respect both sides of the story. You know, we love seeing the cadets in the costuming for the thematic costuming for the show, but then here they came out, you know, in in those traditional, you know, uniforms. And think about that, that what that meant to the fans, what that meant to the alumni that that same kind of thing can translate then into a, a marching band as well. I think know? groups with really classic uniforms should definitely do that. Like yeah. Cavaliers doesn't necessarily need to, because I think they're one of the groups that actually their like modern uniform has a lot of those traditional elements to sure. it. And it looks yeah. really cool. Right. But like they're another group where if they came out in like that classic Cavies green for, for finals, it would seem like, like almost like the throwback yeah. type of thing yeah. type of nostalgic feeling for finals retreat would be cool. Sure. Um, so think if a marching band wanted to do that, you know, we could help them do that. We could help them maintain wearing their traditional uniform that they've spent thousands of dollars on, but also branch into the, um, you know, the thematic look then as well. And so I'm yeah, curious it's not too. just color guard stuff. What if I'm a band director and I know that I have tons of like junk in the trunk back there um, <laughs> that might be good for consignment? Uh, what could I expect and how would I work with you guys? Yeah, so the what you got to do is, and see the, the key word right there you just said, Stephen, is junk in the trunk. So as soon yeah. as you said the word junk, like I started getting like a little twitch, like, yeah. So what I mean by <laughs> that is, one of, the, one of the challenges that we have is that, and this is this is kind of a problem across the board when it comes to thrifting, okay, is that you got to remember that somebody else still has to use it. So we have a really, um, I don't, I don't know how to say, it, but you know, we we take what we accept for consignment very seriously, and we have high quality standards for what we're going to accept. So just because, you know, we're not using it anymore doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else should be using it either. Okay. So when people come to me and they say they want to consign, you know, they email me and I say, all right, well, tell me what you have. So that means that, you know, we've got to make sure that it's really high quality stuff that has good sales potential, that isn't beat up, that doesn't have holes in it, doesn't have stains, you know, and it's still a sufficient amount as well 
um, you know, for somebody to be able to reasonably use it and, you know, have it be a benefit to their program. You know, if you go to the thrift store, are you going to buy, you know, an old broken television? No, you're not. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to sell you an old broken television, <laughs> consignment, you know, either. So that's a really important thing too, that to keep, to have people keep in mind, um, you know, what they've, what they've got to consign as well. Some of it is just going to have to go in the dumpster. But, so should they just box it up and send it to you though? Like no, what they have no, good, they should we, not should just go box it up and send it to me. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, they, yeah, they've got it. Yeah, they've got it. I mean, if they have good stuff, I'm not saying like, uh, I'm not yeah, saying like the junk. <laughs> no, no, no matter what, seriously, though, no matter what, they've got to email me and they've got to, you know, we, I've got to vet, you know, what they've had and I've got to get a better idea of what they have because I don't want them to waste their money shipping it to us either if we're not going to be able to turn it around for them and make it, you know, a positive experience. So that's the other thing, too. Yeah, that's really important. So, you know, we're being, we're being um, kind of specific in what we accept, you know, that the costumes have to be professionally made. Um, they've got to be over 10 in a set, stuff like that. That's really important. And also for us to maintain the quality of the site so that when the customers, you know, come to buy stuff, they know that they're going to find, you know, quality things. And your email is christine at guardcloset.com. So you got it. That's right. Send that there. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's the way to do it. And I'll just take care of it. And, you know, I just work individually with each consigner to, to see what the best, you know, way to move forward is going to be. Okay. It is time for the final rehearsal chunk. Let's get back out on the field and finish those final run throughs. Hey there, it's Tim Hinton, the beast of the marching arts. I'm the host of the Marching Roundtable podcast, and coming this next Monday is our DCI 2023 wrap-up. This is usually one of our most popular podcasts of the year, as we talk about shows we loved and memorable moments that made this such a great year for drum corps. You'll hear comments like this. But there was so much energy in that show, too. I mean, finals night sitting in the stands was I mean, out of this world, you know, I swear they held that cord at the end longer just so they could keep spinning them and let the crowd go nuts for them. Like, uh, <laughs> I have to give it to Crown as well. They're always really big. Like, they're not afraid to take up space with their guard, with their horn line, with their music, with all of it. Um, and so they can fill that entire stadium really, really easily with everything that they're doing. And it's really, really impressive specifically in the uh, snare feature which they have several of but uh, they have this moment where they do a really impressive stick trick which I had only really seen online as like a one-off one guy can do this thing and everyone's impressed uh, but it's called the Casey claw and it's like a back stick they're really just like it looks like you're rotating your hand like crazy you could watch the Cavaliers this summer and see them do it <laughs> um, but I've never seen a whole line do it before clean it was amazing. Watch for our DCI wrap-up podcast next Monday at marchingroundtable.com. And out now is a podcast called Administrators Talk Marching Band. Three administrators talk about the importance of marching band for the school, the community, and the students. Directors, you'll find this a very helpful resource. 
And if you're thinking about marching drum corps next season, go right now to our free resource called Paying for Drum Corps, endorsed by Drum Corps International. It's an hour-long presentation which includes everything you need to raise the money for your drum corps tuition quickly and easily. Listen to me, now is the time to take an hour, learn how to use your time and energy most efficiently, and get your dues taken care of early. Go to payingfordrumcorps.com. Most of the news outlets this week have simply been reporting that marching bands are out here braving the heat. Well, we already know all about that. So let's see what other headlines we have brought this week. Um, how about our resident mellophone player, Christine, with a mellophone story? I do, Yeah, I do have a mellophone story. I guess I'm the resident mellophone player. So this is really cool. And this one tugs at my heartstrings, too, because it's a Big Ten band. So um, this is a great story about um, Will Hazeltine, who's a mellow player in Wisconsin's band. And um, he's taken advantage of the NCAA's um, NIL policy, um, name, image, and likeness policy, to his advantage. Now, if you think about it, you know, name, image, and likeness often applies to athletes and things like this. But, you know, he's jumped in the game here, and he has um, a deal with Quick Trip, which is, you know, a gas station. And he is really into Quick Trip's coffee. So <laughs> he even has, like, a spreadsheet, it says. Uh, I'll read from the article here. Um, this is from RadioMilwaukee.org. So it says, according to a release, Hazeltine loves everything Quick Trip and drinks two to three cups of Karuba gold coffee per day. He even has a spreadsheet ranking his favorite flavors. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he is a geological engineering major and um, he's got a deal and with Quick Trip. And uh, apparently Hazeltine made, I'll read from the article again, it says apparently Hazeltine made Quick Trip a convincing argument that marching band qualifies as a sport. We love that. I mean, and it does. Thus, yeah, right. And thus a deal was struck. So um, he even has a batch of merch on TikTok. <laughs> so, nice. you know, here we go. I mean, and how cool is it to see, you know, somebody in the pageantry world and the marching arts world kind of, you know, digging into that a little bit and taking advantage of something. And we'll see where it goes. You know, maybe this is the start of, of something new. So good for him. It's going to be interesting to see how that develops over time. Yeah. We're going to have to check back in with him. Maybe we can get him to come be on the show. Or maybe that would, like, incur licensing fees from Quick Trip or something, oh. though. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah, incur we'll a new sponsorship. There right. you go. I'll, maybe I'll we need some, a sponsorship. I'll peddle coffee. <laughs> we'll have to get our extensive legal team on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of the people working in our legal department. In right. all honesty, I, that's probably you. <laughs> I feel like that's you. <laughs> See, I just did the touch the nose, not it thing. <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm the last one. Crap. <laughs> Jackie's going to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Steven, you have another mellophone related story. Man, it's all about the mellophones today. I do have a mellophone story for you. It also involves another instrument. Um, the whole crux of this story is that a ninth grade French horn player, Cole Ochoa, he signed up for marching band this year, but he has to switch instruments during his show. So Cole, uh, 
he is an amputee and he use, he utilizes a prosthetic throughout a lot of his life, but that makes it difficult for him to use both hands in a traditional sense in how he holds instruments. So what actually happened here, his band director, along with another student, they collaborated with some other teachers in the district to create a gadget and it's going to help hold the instrument while he moves on the field. Uh, Apparently, Baron, the the uh, band director, he drew inspiration for this gadget from his own experience at DCI, and then uh, later found another bit further later on in his career at marching band. So they gather the parts for the tool. He was able to uh, collaborate with the engineering teacher at the school to use yes, their 3D um, print steam, really. Yes, steam. Yeah, this is the steam really working for him. It's true. Uh, but uh, they put the the new gadget together using 3D printers, and now uh, Cole Ochoa, the ninth grade freshman, he's able to do all of the different uh, horn switches utilizing both hands at one time for their show, even though Cole uh, only has you know one normal fully functioning. Uh, hand to work with which I think it's it's pretty awesome it's so cool to see like the multiple different programs of the school come together because I've seen that with theater departments before but I've never seen like the engineering department coming together and saying like we're gonna I can make a solution for this problem we're gonna we're gonna build out an entirely unique prosthetic just for this marching band show I love that collaboration too. I feel like that's what it's going to take to keep moving forward. Like as a society, you know, we talk yeah. about the sciences and the arts and engineering and all of this stuff. And it's like, it's really like, that's what's important. And like having the skills and the creativity, really having the creativity to look at this and say, okay, there's a problem here. There's gotta be a solution for it. How do I, come to this new solution or or saying who can i go to that might have a more creative solution for this i love that collaboration and it's such a cool like uh engineering story too for the school because they actually most of the work was done by an 11th grade student that's in the band with cole that student's name was nehemiah falker uh falkner but that student really did pretty much all the work. They measured it out. They they rendered the things together, did the printing for it. So it was just it was really just another band member being able to use the resources from the school and the education they've been provided to like make a huge difference for their friend uh, in the horn line. So that's the that's, ultimate example of camaraderie right there yes, in a band. You know, definitely. and we talk about that all the time about how camaraderie is so important. And yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, I have the uh, results from the WAMSB World Championship. And I know I said this whenever Nicole and I interviewed Larry, but I just cannot get over, like, how little, how few U.S. programs are involved in this competition. I, I feel like it needs to just, like, like, this is huge. This is such a huge thing. And we need to like look at it. Anyways, uh, the WAMSB World Championship was in West Virginia this year, which it hasn't been in the USA for a while. Like last year, it was in, um, oh my gosh, I forgot where it was last year, Thailand. And next year, it's going to be in Germany. So 
you know, just the fact that we kind of caught it this year being here is amazing. That is so Uh, crazy. I didn't even really, I thought it was always in West Virginia. No, No. it's not like it's, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I, like I said, it's huge. Um, the international so, band scene is pretty crazy. I keep getting notifications that views videos I post on Instagram are being watched in Jakarta, Indonesia. Indonesia like, is such a hotbed right now of marching band growth. Yeah. It is it, huge. It actually we is. had a huge influx of followers from Indonesia on the Spintronics social media mm-hmm. recently. Um, I got to say, watch out for Brazil, too, because they're... They're like on the cusp of just exploding of, of Indonesia and Brazil is my like second and third largest company yep. uh, countries on Yebase. You know, I think honestly, those of us here in the United States involved in the marching arts, we only know like the tip of the iceberg. I think it's true. And what's yeah. going on internationally in in the marching arts? I really do. I mean, I think if you would just go, if you would take a poll, you know. And you would you would walk up to some marching band kid and you would say to them, "Do they have marching band in Indonesia? Yes or no?" Like the kid would probably <laughs> like, like you know, no. <laughs> marching band in Indonesia. Uh, yes, there is. I mean, there I, is. It's yeah, the largest just, international community. They don't understand like the differences. I remember the first time I ever saw like marching bands from China or Japan. And I was just like, why is it so different? Why is it so different from what we do? And it's like, well, because what we do is not perfectly like the exact thing that the whole world does. Like we don't, you know, we don't set the rules for everybody. (laughs) No, I I think, yes, it's really, it's a cool topic. And like I said, I think I really, I think we just know the tip of the iceberg and and what's really happening. Uh, just to kind of talk about what what competitions there were it, as part of this event, because it's not just a it is a, there's a field show, there's field show competition, there is a concert band competition, there is a parade competition, there is a drumline competition, mm. um, and then they have a parade of nations, and so like everybody gets to kind of parade together in a big, you know, in in just a big celebration. Um, and then of course they have prelims and finals. And so you have all these different competitions going on. It's a multi-day event. It started on, uh, July 19th and it finished Sunday, July 23rd. So it went from a Wednesday to a Sunday. It's a huge event. Um, bands literally from all over the world. So let me read some of these winners here, especially, uh, the Calgary Stampede show band from Canada. Uh, and then I, I really hope I pronounced this correctly. The Chin Ko High School Marching Band from Taiwan was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got second place. And then the Calgary Stetson Show Band, also from Canada, got third place. And then, representing the U.S., we have the Rogues Hollow Regiment Drum and Bugle Corps from Ohio. Uh, they got fourth place. Um, and then the the top three bands also got the top three color guards. Uh, not in that order, though. The, the Taiwanese guard, Chin Ko. Like I said, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, They got first, and then Calgary Stampede Showband got second. Calgary Stetson Showband got third. And then uh, representing the U.S. in the drum major category, Rogues Hollow Regiment, got third place drum major. And there was another another group there from the U.S., the Green Beret Marching Band was there. Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you, some of these countries, El Salvador had marching bands here. Uh... Germany, Ghana, Honduras had three three bands from Honduras came. 
um, Poland, which absolutely love being of Polish descent, uh, Switzerland, Taiwan, Venezuela, Hong Kong, Ireland, Sweden. Like, this is insane. And next yeah. year, the championship is going to be in Germany. So, I mean, who knows who's going to come to all the European championship. Oh, it's like the Olympics for marching band, really. It really is. You it know, really, really is. It has that spirit, you know, international, you know, spirit to it. And yeah, I mean, tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to knock good old East Coast culture, but that sounds a lot cooler than going to like Hershey Park or Wildwood. <laughs> 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 going to Germany, <laughs> right? There's your band trip coming up. <laughs> There's your honestly. Next band trip. Well, and it and it seems like it's a mix of just kind of looking at some of the band names. Some of them are high school bands. Some of them are um, independent organizations. Uh, so yeah, I mean, who knows? Anybody, anybody could go. I yeah, I love that. The you can find them on their website if you want more information. It's uh, wamsb.com. So check those out. Uh, so speaking of that, though, we have seen some really great posts on social media from incredible people in our activity lately. So I think this would be a really great time to highlight those. Uh, Christine, what was that one you saw Randall Standridge posted? Oh, yeah. So um, a lot of us know who Randall Standridge is. I mean, I... Uh, appreciate Randall Standridge's work very much as a teacher of young band students. I teach elementary band and um, he, you know, he's got a lot of really great things to say. And um, recently he shared this. And I have seen him do share this before, but it's just a great reminder at this time of year as, you know, bands are getting, um, rolling in the fall season and even, you know, school is starting again. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to read it directly because, you know, he's got such great things to say. So it says, dear director, and think that could apply to so many different types of directors. As you start the new year, please keep this in mind. Don't judge this year's ensemble against last year's. That ensemble is gone forever. Today's ensemble is brand new and will grow in its own way. And as long as this group, the one right in front of you today, improves every single day, then you are successful. Have a great year. Peace, love, and music. So I, I just love what he has to say, and it's such a great reminder for everybody no matter what level they teach, no matter what genre they're teaching. I think that happens to us a lot as teachers and directors, you know, we kind of like, well, you know, these kids just aren't as good as last year's kids. And I don't know what I'm going to do with these, you know, this year's kids and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's that fresh start. You know, it's, it's that growth mindset. Where are they at? How far can we take them? So mm. I, I really like what he has to say. And it's a great reminder for everybody. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's all about like uh, what mentality you have uh, will change your whole perspective on what you're doing. So if you're just focusing in on the fact that like, hey, we're here, we got done today and we're better than we were yesterday. Like that's all you can do every day any any way, regardless. So yep. I feel like that's what's important at the end of the season anyway. It's true. Right. We've got I another also... post. Oh, oh I, I was going to say, do you have another one besides yes, the one uh, I have? gonna say that well i have the west pendergrass one 
Um, I was just going to say, yeah, my friend Wes Pendergrass, he always has like the most insightful Facebook posts and they always come at just the right time of season. Uh, uh, he talked about the body by drum corp movement. Is that the one you were going to mention? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this post is pretty cool. Um, he's really talking about someone many of us will talk about coming home from tour and then missing our skinny bodies that we had when we were exercising all day every day and mm -hmm. how we can eat tons and tons of food and, and then now you can't that you're done and i would definitely say like body by drum core is real body by no longer doing drum core is also real but uh wes has a couple different points that uh he pointed out that i thought were really uh good things to think about so he says, one, that it's perfectly reasonable to celebrate the changes that drum corps makes to your body. So it's not like you need to ignore the fact that, you know, while you were marching, you were really healthy, maybe muscular, whatever. No reason that you shouldn't celebrate those changes because the human body is amazing. And the changes that you saw are a testament to the brilliance of engineering and adaptability that it has to meet specific tasks. So your body changes after drum corps, and that's okay. It's to be expected, and you shouldn't feel shame about it. Don't chase a body that's being created by unrepeatable circumstances, because you're never going to be doing marching band all day, every day, again, on your own. <laughs> like when you're, the best you could get is DCA, and that's on the weekends, but it, your body's not going to look the same as when you were doing this really unique uh, kind of like just marathon all summer long. I would um, say even like people who've gone and done the military right after drum corps and they're like, oh, I'm going to jump in the military. And mm -hmm. you you do get physically fit from being in the military, but it's such a different kind yes. because your metabolism's different and like the mm -hmm. type of food you're eating in dif is different and the types of activities you're doing are different. So even still, like like you have to do what is healthy for you and what makes you feel good yes and that's kind of what wes gets on to talk a bit more about so he says don't let those changes that happen to your body after drum corps be a source of future mental emotional or physical issues eating disorders body dysmorphia uh things as extreme as rhabdomyosis uh which is related to overexertion after time off from exercise or just really working yourself too hard in any exercise period these things are very real in the age out community because a lot of folks feel like they were just active all day long um they were used to exercising every day and you you need to actually consciously make an adjustment to your lifestyle yeah. when you get home from tour so that your body can be healthy and it's not you know looking for the same amount of food that you were eating when you were exercising for 12 hours every day. Oh my Thank gosh. I just wanted to eat like a drum corps kid and not work out like I a drum corps kid it. after I was <laughs> done marching. <laughs> Didn't they say that you burn like 5,000 calories a day or yeah. something? Like when you're Yeah, doing... well, I know that doing the diet formulations, you know, I talked to, uh, to Tracy about this on an episode a few weeks back. I don't know if we specifically talked about the formulations, but the, the meals are set up to be like 6,000 calories a day and yeah that's right. huge like to be mm -hmm. eating that much and still like losing weight and and you know toning up and everything that happens to your body when you're on tour that's that's extreme it's an extreme yeah. circumstance 
and like we all remember certain individuals that like would eat like even compared yeah. to like drum everyone at drum corps there's some people that would put it down they'd get big helpings then be back at the pb and j and like all this <laughs> other stuff and that some of them were like the skinniest people because their metabolism was just going crazy at that point in their life um yeah but that's unrealistic and it's not going to last forever so it's something that everyone should be aware of as they get back from tour just to try to make a healthy adjustment um Drum Corps does not teach you good eating habits. So if there's one thing that you're going to have to adapt, it's that. Um, but he goes on even to break it down a little bit further into things beyond just food. He says wellness is not gauged by your weight or your tan. Pursuing yes. health and wellness post, uh, post Drum Corps, it shouldn't be centered around either of these two things. Uh, drum Corps is tough on the human body. So as you age, focusing on staying active, maintaining joint health, stretching uh the activity that we all do it's pretty repetitive and it involves a lot of dynamic body movements those can lead to specific aches and pains that today you might not be aware of uh but for old timers i, I see christine grinning at least um, <laughs> well, wait a second here you trying to call me an old timer steven watch out I'm just, man i'm just calling out you were you're really grinning at that one it just well I'm not, right? <laughs> not an old timer, but I mean, no. I, I unfortunately did not have the opportunity to march drum corps, but I can tell you that, you know, there are still some aches and pains out there from, uh, you know, just other marching activities. So, you know, even me, just like <laughs> I was marching drum corps five years ago, four or five years ago, and I feel already like there's kind of things creeping in that are like consistent pain or soreness um yep. so it comes even if you feel like while you're marching your body is good your your, your body might not be good it's just it's on its <laughs> way um so he's only got a couple points left here the last one here that he's got he says find physical activities that you enjoy and pursue them uh he truly believes that there's something out there for everyone in terms of being active uh post drum corps you just have to find the exercise or the activity that's the right fit for you and your lifestyle. Um, part of how you successfully transform your body for drum corps was a love of what you're doing. And even though you age out of drum corps, you can still go find that same passion for other things in life. And many of those things will still give you a lot of wellness uh, physically and mentally for your body. You know what, though, Stephen, going along with that, I think it's really important to point out you you make absolutely, you know, really valid points. I think it's really important to point out that there are people in their 70s and 80s still doing drum corps. Yes, that's yeah. always impressive. I, Go to a DCA yeah. show. <laughs> Go to a DCA show. You have to. And, and you know, sometimes we, we kind of toss this to the side. And it's like, oh, you know, here got the alumni cores. And it's like, oh, they're going to play the same songs over and over again. You know, I'm going to go to the concession Your stand. Songs are still going. <laughs> Don't go sit and watch these people because they are so dedicated and they are still out there doing it. There are people out there in their 70s and 80s. I mean, I know some of them personally who are out there. You know, they are still playing. They are still marching. <laughs> because they, they want to be there. And just think about it, you know, of all the, the, the effort that they're putting in 
you know, you've got to, you've got to sit and watch them and you've got to give them your attention as an audience member and a fan because they deserve it. And some of them have have been doing it, you know, since they were 10, 11, 12 years old and, you know, they're still out there. So what an inspiration too to see some of those people out there doing it. So if you get an opportunity to see an alumni core like that, you've got to watch them. Yeah, it's impressive because I'm yeah. 25 and I'm like, you wouldn't catch me dead playing bass drum on a field again. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. All right. It is time for one of our favorite moments of our water break, the gush and goes. Each of our hosts gets some time to simply gush and go on about whatever they want to. Christine, let's start off with you. Uh, my gush and go is that I'd like to kind of give a shout out to the circuit where I judge now, Cavalcade of Bands. And they did something cool over the last couple of weeks. They turned their social media over to their member bands during band camp. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool. uh, Kind of a great way to connect um, the member bands, you know, with the circuit and um, just give them an opportunity to, you know, kind of shine a little bit. So they just did it, you know, during different days of the week, like Tuesday, one band, you know, was on their social media. Then Wednesday, the next band got a turn at the social media. So, um, like I said, I thought it was a really cool, um, you know, outreach from the circuit. Um, You know, kudos to Cavalcade for doing that. And, you know, maybe some other band circuits will, uh, you know, kind of take that on too. And, you know, just a way to highlight, you know, what we're really all about, which is the students and learning and, you know, just getting better. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I always like when a pages like marching blogs or whatever, will do takeovers because you get to see like more intimately what's going on in all these different programs that you like, but I never saw like a, uh, that happen for high schools. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it just gives the, the, the kids in those bands a sense of pride too. you know, a little bit, a little bit time to shine, you know, so there it is. Steven, what do you want to gush and go on about this week? Well, my brain has been entirely occupied by band camp. So that's pretty much <laughs> what, <laughs> that's, what's been new for me. It's Feel actually, it? it's a little disappointing this week because uh, this is the first time where I've been, teaching a high school but i have like a real proper full-time commitment so i can only get there at night and it's uh it's sad that they're there working all day and i'm not there to help but it's really cool that when i show up at night it's like whoa okay you guys learned the entire opener like just today (laughs) you just did that this morning it's kind of like a cheat code i'm just like whoa it's kind of a trade-off like you don't get to have as much like of the bonding with the kids but then Mm -hmm. also like they're also going to be trying to work hard to impress you when they do get to see you again so that's pretty cool too yeah it definitely is impressive too like i've been showing up and i've been like wow we got a lot better since the last time i saw you like (laughs) we figured some things out this morning gotta keep up yeah We'll the be light back bulbs at the were going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's always a thing, too, with high school band camp, I guess. Um, it's always you, some kids start to really get it who maybe in like the audition season up until band camp might have been figuring out what they're getting themselves into. But then once band camp comes around, they're like, you can see the gears start turning as they start to really like unlock uh, more of their potential. So that's cool. 
I need to gush about this uh, this cute little thing. You can buy your own miniature troopers pop prop. Oh, troopers prop. So that big giant beautiful sun prop that they had that they were lassoing all summer long. Uh, if you get on Etsy, search unique and magical metal windmill or wind spinner or just something along those lines. Like there are so many cute different interpretations of this. And I was like, you know, that just looks so much like the prop. And I've seriously been obsessing over this prop all season. Uh, I think I might just go buy one myself. Can do, will they sell one in real size on Etsy? I mean, some of these people do some pretty amazing custom work, so... I don't even want to imagine what the shipping costs on something like that. You know? <laughs> well, it would just I, say it. I feel like it would be like something Ikea. where... You got to assemble it yourself. Yes, assemble it <laughs> you yourself. You assemble it yourself. <laughs> then you have to get, like, a permit or something to put it in your <laughs> yard. You know? <laughs> a weapon? <laughs> I, would, I would totally put that in my yard. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That prop is so cool. I'm actually right there with you. I'm really tempted to buy one. I just would stare at it all day. I'll just put it outside my office window here, and then like I have something nice to look at instead of the garden that was supposed to be a garden that my chickens absolutely destroyed. So I'm telling like you, I'm telling you, the troopers missed a fantastic opportunity at their sous vide booth, at their at their sous vide truck because they should have oh had those gosh. in stock. People they would have, have bought them. Yep. People yep. absolutely would have bought them at shows. Think a so, lot bigger with it too, and they could solve the global energy crisis if they just turn these things. Yes. <laughs> there are billions the of dollars to be made here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you for our hosts for jumping on this nice little chat, Stephen and Christine. Go subscribe, write us a review. I want to read some reviews up on here and uh, share this with a friend. You can follow us on social media at On A Water Break, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. Yeah. <laughs>